Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Anything Can Be a Podcast Podcast. Please welcome to stage, Sean Hastings, everyone. British crowd and that the first three rows dead empty except for one brave man and then everyone is clustered in a corner so far away. Hello sir, thank you for coming. How are you? Good to see you. What's your name sir? <coughs> Troy? George. John, that's my name. Are you me from the future? <laughs> I turned out well. <laughs> and what do you do for a living, John? You're a customer service representative in the UK? What an easy job you must have. Because I don't know if you guys know this, but anywhere else in the world, when you walk into a place, they don't look at you like you just took a shit in their cereal. They say hello and then give you things in exchange of money. Hi guys, thank you for showing up. You guys have to come to the front row and be brave. You have to. Especially, what is your name, brave young one? Kieran. Kieran. Kieran, of course, means... What? Yeah, front row, you pussies. What the fuck? <laughs> fuck this. <laughs> hey, the audience doesn't come to you. You go to the audience, am I right? How are we doing this Thursday? We well? Yeah. Very good. Some energy. Listen, I'm going to try and make you laugh. I know you're at the Fringe, so you've gone to some alleged comedy shows, and you thought you were going to laugh, and then it was just an hour of a staring contest. <laughs> Someone just came on stage and was like, how do you feel about Nando's? Prepare to be questionable about them! And you're like, for fuck's sake. It's noon. He's wearing a cat costume. I think he just peed in that litter box. This was 12 quid. It wasn't going to be none of that. It's going to be me trying to make you laugh off the top of my head as much as I can. Very stressful day already. It was raining. The equipment to record a podcast is very finickety. And I broke it because last night I fell asleep while I was editing. Because I don't know if you guys are like me but I now sleep with like a laptop in my bed. Like it's my blanket. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. I like you, sir. You seem a little too old for that reference. And you're like, goddamn right, Netflix is fucking wicked. They got all Doctor Who on there. House is now on there. If you guys ever want to be concerned about your body, start watching House late at night. And you're like, well, I have an itching feeling in my hip. That's probably halitosis of some sort. And I'm probably going to get an infarcture. Infarction? Anyone here a doctor? Good. Infarcture. That's the word I just made out. <laughs> my leg. And you're just watching Hugh Laurie. There's something about that show that I love because it, Hugh Laurie is he's playing an American, but you can see in his eyes he's an Englishman just being like, Fuck you. <laughs> We're so much better than you. I have to do your accent and I disdain it. <laughs> like he added the limp because it restrained his body. He's becoming weaker with each moment he's not speaking the Queen's English. Every time he says ain't, you can see he goes, Ah, god damn it. And he never says aluminum in the entire thing. What the fuck is that noise? Either someone's having a great time or someone's raping a blue jay. All right, you guys don't like it when birds get assaulted. Oh, let's get this couple. Everyone turn around and wave that lady. Everyone turn around. Where, where are you going? Blonde lady, come back! No blue jays are getting raped in this show, lady! She's gone. show called See You in Court or Cunt as the Scottish man in the line said what show are you going to see? Going to see the cunt show mate. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, so what happens here is I'm going to read an email from a funny comedian and I'm going to riff on the topic for as long as I can. We're going to talk about other things. We might go through the news a little bit. Talk about some funny stuff in the news. Not the, de the heavy stuff with the wars and the Ukraine and the airplanes but the funny things. 
like, you know, Khloe Kardashian, Paris Hilton is now, was giving a speech at a marketing conference this week. $100,000, she got paid to speak at a marketing conference. Your, your mouth just dropped open, that was fantastic. <laughs> do you guys are aware of Paris Hilton? Do you guys know who Paris, because there's some younger people in the room. Do you know who Paris Hilton is, Kieran? How old are you? 22. You're 20, what the fuck are you doing to your skin, brother? Turn around, to show them your face. That's not 22. Do you bathe in just moisturizer and the blood of kittens to get this look? Where are you from, Kieran? Just the moon? No sun has ever touched your face? You're from Ireland. Ah, so you just all the guilt just takes the wrinkles away. He laughed at that joke, you can laugh at that joke. And which bit of Ireland? The one part or the other part? Near Belfast. So the, the, this part. Yeah, the top part. You don't even know what to call it. I get so confused because they don't... Here's the thing what the English did, I don't know if you know this, but they didn't report that whole civil war that happened for 30 years. They just went, there's some trouble with the Irish, shut the fuck up about it. And then they showed us a lot of pictures of Princess Diana, and we went, oh, she's so pretty. <laughs> what kind of shoes does she wear? Nice shoes. I figured they would be nice shoes. <laughs> What's her favorite band? Duran Duran? Oh, well, that's kind of shitty, actually. <laughs> so when I legitimately found out about the troubles is when I went to Belfast, and I got into a taxi cab. I don't know if you guys have ever gone to Belfast, but you have to do it. You get into a taxi cab, and then a drawing of an Irishman will be driving your taxi cab. He's wearing one of those cabbie hats. He's wearing a leather jacket, green shirt. He had an accent. It sounded like he was singing a song that was angry at me. And he went, you want to see the murals? And I went, I, I don't know. I'm from Canada. In Canada, we... we okay. <laughs> and nothing will unnerve you more than getting off a plane. Five minutes later, it's just, Balaclava, AK-47. Balaclava, AK-47. Guinness sign. Balaclava, AK-47. Like, Union Jack on fire. John Hastings, we're specifically going to kill you because you are Canadian, which is a representation of the British industrial complex that's created nations to be allied with them against us. We have your hotel room. Go fuck yourself. And you're like, where am I? And it's just the weirdest welcoming. And the other thing, when you're flying to that part of the world, to Ireland, you go through Gatwick Airport, and the people of this, you guys are too honest. I like North America because they lie. We will lie to you. Like, if there's a security risk, they don't go, it's a terrorist attack, possibly they go, something's up. Like, they don't tell you. Here, it's like, what happened on the train? A man killed himself. Oh, God damn it. I don't need to know that. And they're like, well, you can see his head right over there. It's right there. I don't need to see his head, but look at it, it's right there, he's smiling. You're like, ah, oh, you've ruined everything. And so to fly to Northern Ireland, apologies, uh, I'm not trying to take any of your land like the English did. And uh, good one, good one, everyone laughed except that man just like, I'm gonna fucking punch this cheeky son of a bitch in the face. But you're, is that your, your wife? Next to you. Yeah, she is? Good for you, my friend. You had that cheeky smile, like, fuck yeah, right? And, uh, but yeah, she's laughing, so I think I'm okay, right? Hey, silence. I'm not okay at all. But anyway, I don't know if you've ever flown from London to Northern Ireland, but they send you to this other part of Gatwick, and it kind of feels like I was Karen in Goodfellas, because you get your ticket, and then they go, yeah, your flight is, it's over there. And you're like, where? And they're like, you gotta take a train over there. And I didn't know why. I was just like, ooh, a train trip? It's like from the future. It's all made of plastic. Am I going to Blade Runner Town? And then I'm texting with my dad in Canada. And because my dad is much like all of you, which is there's no lie. He doesn't say like, 
oh, they just do that because Ireland's extra special. He goes, oh yeah, that terminal's bomb-proof. So if they put a bomb on the plane, it won't blow up the rest of the airport. It's just like, is that a concern? And then he just wrote, oh yeah, definitely a concern. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sakes, Dad. So I got drunk on the airplane. Do you ever drink on airplanes? No. Show of hands, who drinks on airplanes? Anyone? All of you who don't, let me welcome you to the greatest travel tip I've ever gotten. You get two Nurofen, the blue cornered one, those have codeine in them. You get a gin and tonic, you take two Nurofen with codeine, gin and tonic, 10 minutes before your flight, you will black out as you're walking onto the plane and you will wake up at your destination. It is the best. It feels like you travel through time. I usually try and fly with someone I know because sometimes you'll get delays and then that's trouble. When I was going back to Canada at Christmas, we were delayed by an hour and I just went up to the stewardess and I went, listen, I've taken some sleeping pills and I've had three pints. It's nine in the morning, I've been up all night. You either get me on this plane or I'm gonna fall asleep right here and you drag me on. And she went, Sarah will come get you when you're ready. And I went, that's fine. Just know I'm gonna fall asleep. And she went, well, there's not much we can do. So I just leaned against the podium and actually fell asleep in a ball and woke up to her just going, Sir, sir, you were correct. Time to get on the plane. It's amazing. I do, I do love this nation for exactly what I was saying, the lack of customer service. There was no, I went and bought a denim jacket today because I want to believe that I'm a trucker from the 70s. Because <laughs> the denim jacket is back, and I am so, as a Canadian, that is our uniform, because it is the perfect jacket. Because is, is it's, it's, it's cool when it's warm, and warm when it's cold. It looks like you're always ready for a hike. You have enough pockets so you can get everything, like your money, and your knife, and your list of things to do in a bear attacks, and, and your little map to your Trevor Trove of supplies when the winter comes, and all that sort of stuff. And then you just wear it and you feel like a man. You know what I mean? Like boys, when they wear a denim jacket, like what are you doing? But a man wears a denim jacket. He has a cigarette behind his ear, ready for smoking. He gets into a car that guzzles gasoline because he only has money for fuel. All of his, all of his sentences end in goddamn or fuck it. And like his girlfriend has blonde hair, Daisy Dukes, even in the winter. Get in the car, where we're going? Freedom, that's where we're going. It's just, it's just amazing. So I bought a denim jacket today from H&M a store that I think I'm done with. I think I'm done with H&M. I'm 29 years old. I don't like shops that have DJs in them. Go fuck yourself. You're they were playing Black, the first record of Black Sabbath. Who here likes metal? Fuck all of you. It's better than your music. It is. What is your music about? Love? My music's about the devil. So you're learning things. And so they're playing Paranoid by Black Sabbath, one of the greatest rock songs ever. And they're mixing it with blurred lines from Robin Thicke, and it took all that I am and all that I ever will be not to go, you're ruining it! What does that have to, oh, fucking infuriated me. I'm talking to my girlfriend and she's having a bad day. And you know, as a man, you get distracted. You do, like it's not that you don't love the person and you care about them, but you're like, yes, I agree that Susie mentioning that your shoes were a little ridiculous, even though you love the shoes is bad. Why don't you buy shoes? You should get Doc Martens. Why didn't you? the Hulk ever wear shoes? And also, when the Hulk becomes the Hulk from Bruce Banner, what happens to his shoes? Because he rips through those all the day. He must just have a room of shoes. Also, how does Bruce Banner make any money? He must go through clothes like no one else's business, but he's never had a job. It's not like superheroes get paid. Does Captain America get paid? Because he works for the government. That feels like it's a little patriotic. And she's just like, and Susan's a bitch. And I'm like, I agree. And that Nick Fury's a bit of a traitor. I know how he lost his eye. And then, uh, she's like, who's Nick Fury? And he's like, oh, this guy I know. Anyway. And so, Karen, who is this? Amy, and this is your? 
girlfriend, so it's officially a relationship. You haven't reached that stage of your 20s as a man where you, you can be dating a girl for three years and you're like, we're just seeing each other right now. I'm also on Tinder, I'm dating this other girl named Vanessa, but we're not really into it. Gentlemen, you know what I'm talking about. Especially you, you're the coxman of the group, I can tell. Like you, your nickname is Pussy Fingers McGillicuddy, isn't it? Because I can see how you're looking at me being, yes he is. Every time we're drunk, he just does a thing of like, no, I feel like we should kiss. Which, gentlemen, is the creepiest fucking phrase. That's been said to you by him, hasn't it? Yeah. Don't fucking do that. And you have an earring and that, oh, what? Are you a manager of a band? What the fuck are you doing? You have cocaine on you right now, don't you? Do you? You did, though, didn't you? Have you done cocaine before? No. You want to, though, don't you? Don't do it, man. Let me do my impression of what happens when you do cocaine. Do you want to hear about 9-11 conspiracies? Yes, it's five in the morning. I don't care. It's 11 in the morning. I'm gonna go cry in the shower. That's what it is. <laughs> Only you're sweaty like you would never believe, and you just waste money. You waste money. Don't do it. Just, if you want to spend 50 quid on an annoying conversation, give me the money, and I'll talk to you about chalkboards for 11 hours. <laughs> so has he ever, have you guys ever? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why not? He looks good. Your friends. Could be more than friends. He's gonna start doing cocaine soon. That'll be exciting. What do you do for a living? You're a student. I see why. What are you studying? History. History. Points in your favor, miss. What particular moment of history is your favorite? The war. Your favorite part of history was the war. Second World War. Which part of the Second World War is your favorite? You shouldn't have to think about this. You're in history. You should be like the bombing of Coventry, the struggle between Winston Churchill's decision to make that happen or to let the code be known to be broken. Stalingrad. What was that? Stalingrad. Stalingrad. See, right there. Didn't have to think about it. Stalingrad, man. Had three of my favorite things in the war. Dictator with a mustache. Crazy Russian quote. Stalin right before Stalingrad told his soldiers not one step back and then he hired a bunch of mercenaries to stand behind the soldiers and if anyone turned around they just shot them. Which is just the meanest fucking thing in the world to do to the guys. Like, what's your job here? Oh yeah, I'm in charge. I stand behind you. So if you guys puss out because of war, I fucking kill you. That's your job? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I look in the mirror and cry every night. So what's your favorite part of World War II? It's weird to say what's your favorite part of that horrendous war, by the way. What part gives you a boner? You know what I mean? Do not say the Holocaust. Do not do it. Well, that got her laughing. Maybe she's into some weird shit. Now... I don't even know what that is. What is that? Like the Japanese Very English comment right there. They were in Burma, which we own. <laughs> you don't own Burma. <laughs> it's a little different. What happened is you guys showed up with guns and you took Burma and when it's ours now and you went, well, it's our flag now. Who put that there? It was me. What? Well, I brought that flagpole and put it up there. Any questions? Yeah, a couple. I'm gonna go fuck yourself. Good point. So what's so interesting about that campaign? We speak quite well it. It's quite nice. You are the most English man ever. Why do you love it so much? Well, we did really well. 
Who knew the Japanese were not equipped to fight in Africa? Luckily, we had conquered a lot of that continent at the time. So we had shorts, capri pants, we had those little aluminum hats. We brought like the guns that didn't jam up. That's fantastic. My favorite, uh, my favorite part of World War II is the Battle of the Bulge, because it, it's just mental. It's the most American thing ever. So those, you know, so the common, if you guys don't like history, too fucking bad. The door's locked. So <laughs> what happened? So D-Day, we all know D-Day. They rushed the beaches, and there's sort of this common conception that that was, that was the turning point, which was D-Day. And it was in certain aspects. In other aspects, what happened is they ran into the woods, and the Germans were like, aha, we got him. And they surrounded, especially the Americans, they just surrounded them and shelled them. His, am I getting, you know, am I getting it correct so far? I was gonna get to the weather, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then they had this fucking blizzard and like, so with Bay, I only know it from the perspective of the American trips because it's been written at length because I don't know if you know this about Americans, but they will not stop talking about their heroics. And so they were literally being, here, if I'm, if I get, if I, yeah, Band of Brothers is all about this. So basically they're getting shelled, they're surrounded by the Germans who are just shelling them, and the Germans figured out how to angle their cannons so they could shoot it into the foxhole. So what would happen is you'd have to be in your foxhole and listen for whistling, and if you heard it, you had to run and hug a tree. What the fuck is going on? And that wasn't a day. That was like, how long? Five, five days, was it? Uh, it no, it was months. It was months. Asshole, it was months because they had to get months, months. they had to get Patton, who is the greatest American ever. He literally was just an asshole who loved war, who when a war wasn't on would just drink in hotel rooms around the world, and they had to go. He's a real guy. The movie about Patton, they had to scale back because it was unbelievable. Like if you if you know Patton, it's that movie where George Scott stands in front of the American flag. That's inspired by what he would actually do to the troops, which he would just put an American flag up and start telling stories about his life. He would ride around shirtless on tanks. He's a fucking nut. And so basically, the Battle of the Bulge is happening. They're shelling all the Rangers. J.D. Salinger of uh, Catcher in the Rye fame was famously in it, and he was in combat for 100, no, 280 days straight, starting with the Battle of the Bulge. And the Germans were fucking with them in that they got whistles and started just whistling. And so they'd be like, shell's coming, hug a tree, and then they'd ah, ha, 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 ha. Which shows that the Germans do have a sense of humor, but it's really shitty. And, <laughs> and so that, that was all happening. And so the Rangers, or it was the, no, it was the paratroopers that were bogged down. That, that, it was the Rangers that were bogged down in the Battle of the Bulge, and then Patton came in with the army to come in. And to this day, the Rangers have said, we didn't fucking need you. We had them right where we wanted. And they go, well, what are we going to do? Our plan, their plan was this, and this is why I love the words. Our plan was they were going to continue to encircle us in a smaller and smaller radius, so they'd come out of the tree line, and then we'd stab them with our bayonets. And I was like, that was your plan? And they went, yeah, it would have worked too. But you guys had to show up with your tanks and more reinforcements. <laughs> Bullshit to you. <laughs> Just love it. We have World War I also gets forgotten all the time, correct, Histori historians? Are you more of a World War I or World War II guy? Two. Two? As a Canadian, I have to have a soft spot for World War I because that's where we shined. We were called the stormtroopers. We took. We were the only people. So the British, you guys came up with this brilliant strategy to get into the trenches, which was you bomb the trenches and then soldiers run as the bombs are falling, and then we jump into the trenches as they've been bombed. Now you did not want to use British troops for this maneuver because you would have murdered them with your bombs. So you went, Canadians, we got something for you to do. And like, All right, hey, what do you want us to do? We'll put down the coffee, stop digging these holes, and get at her. And they're like, All right, we're gonna bomb them. And as they're bombing you jump into the foxhole with them. 
And then we went, aren't you going to bomb us? And they went, no, 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 you're impervious to bombs. And they were like, all right, cool, you won't fuck with us. And they're like, no, we're the British. We own Burma. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, good point, good point. And we did it, and we became the stormtroopers. We took a hill called, uh, oh, fuck, I've forgotten it. I can hear my grandmother in my head being like, oh, youth of the day, don't know anything at all about history. Those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it. Well, Grandma, I don't think I'm going to be fighting in World War One. <laughs> Possibly World War Three, though. Yep, that brought it down. All right. <laughs> let's, uh, let's start the show, shall we, Kieran? Right? What's your favorite moment in history? Was it when the Lannisters were conquered by the Starks? <laughs> He's wearing a Game of Thrones t-shirt. And let me say this about Game of Thrones before we begin. I don't appreciate a television show that makes incest so discussable. <laughs> It really ickies me out. And also Joffrey. Oh, I can't segue. Hand, show of hands, who knows Game of Thrones, right? All right, those of you that don't, there's a character on it named Joffrey. And he's this, like, he looks like a Hitler's drawing of the perfect boy. It's like blonde hair, blue eyes, this cold face. And he plays this evil king who just fucks with people. It's fucking awful. Anyway, Joffrey, the actor who plays Joffrey, was here in Scotland at the Fringe yesterday. I can't believe I haven't told anyone this. And I'm walking down the street, and then this Scottish man, like his shirt was made of square sausage and his eyes were tartan, <laughs> spies him and went, Hey! Jeffrey! You're a cunt! <laughs> and he turns around and went, I'm acting! Like a cunt, mate! Like a cunt! It was amazing! <laughs> Oh, it was so good. It's why I love Scotland, because you guys don't fuck around. You're like, we like what you, we like, and if you don't like it, you're wrong. Why did you guys invent haggis? Because something had to happen with those parts, and we made them delicious somehow. And then you eat it, and you're like, how the fuck did you make this so delicious? My girlfriend is very into health and stuff like that, and I was like, you have to try haggis. It's like a really good, lean protein. I lied, but I wanted her to try it. And so she, like, she took like a, hi, how are you? You can come in. You can come in. You were just looking at the window like a fish tank. How are you? We're just talking about Hangus and Game of Thrones. Do you love Game of Thrones? Pardon me? Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little nervous about your friend who's just staring at me like I'm a piece of meat. What's the matter, miss? No? Taking it back because you don't like me? You said you'd be good. It's that attitude that lost you guys Burma. You know that. <laughs> Ridiculous. What other parts of the country or the world did England own? Um, <laughs> it's very accurate, by the way. We have the shittiest story of a country being founded ever. Literally, we sent a letter saying, hey, could we be a country? And then you guys said no. And then we sent another letter that basically said, pretty please? And then you guys were like, <laughs> and then we were. Like America, years of revolution. Did you know that there was like three failed American revolutions before the good revolution? Did you know that? Take that fucking history major. How do you like that? And yeah, they fucked up like three times. Because I don't know if you knew this, but George Washington, bit of a drinker. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like one time he got really fucked up and didn't uh, remember what month it was. So he's like, yeah, we'll camp outside. And they're like, it's January. He's like, yeah. But we're in New York State, it'll be fine. Snow, snow, all the soldiers died, he had wood teeth and he rode away. So, not the best time. Yeah, Canada, what other countries? India. India, okay. It's a little harsh, man. A little too soon, if you ask me. Did you love the movie Gandhi? Um, 
It is very boring, and also Ben Kingsley is doing the best, worst job of acting ever. For someone who, I don't actually know Ben Kingsley's background, but he does a very terrible Asian accent, and also he keeps looking dead into the camera, like he's always like, just remember I'm on the goddamn Oscar, here I fucking come. Like, <laughs> it's a very bizarre movie. What is your favorite moment in the history of the British Empire? <laughs> Lovely dead air you just created for us, everybody. Anticipation. What? The war with Zanzibar? What happened there? Did you guys own Zanzibar too? <laughs> Was that like a Margaret Thatcher dress rehearsal for the Falkland Islands? You guys really like picking on the little guy occasionally, just like, we gotta win an election. All right, make up a country. Easter Island just declared war on us. One of the stones kind of looks like David Cameron, only it's more animated. Attack, attack, attack. That's my favorite moment in the, um, in the history of the British Empire is when uh, Winston Churchill made his famous quote. Do you know what Winston Churchill's famous quote about the Navy was? What the fuck are they teaching you? Do you know who Winston Churchill is? Who is he? He was prime minister in the war. Which war? So far, so good. And what did he look like? Very good. His mother was a bulldog. And third question, what was his favorite drink? Champagne. But nice try. It was champagne and brandy. By the way, if you want to know why that fucking guy had balls, it's because he got up at 11 in the morning, had two glasses of champagne. And I don't know if you've ever had that sugar rush, but ooh, you are in a foul mood right away. And so and he was like, we're going to get Fritz a wallop and just fucking needling Hitler. Because apparently he would also send spy messages. He sent Hitler a photograph of him on the roof of, uh, of one of the buildings, like while it's being shelled. And he was just like smoking a cigar, like, go fuck yourself, Hitler. What do you got? <laughs> And he's my favorite character in history because he's everyone hated him. He was reviled throughout the entire nation. The only reason he got into power is that everyone else was like, we're going to lose and we don't want to be in charge. Let's put that guy in charge. And he was just like, let's fucking do this. <laughs> Get me a one room under a building. Uh, we can't secure it. Pour some concrete on top. We'll be fine. And that was his bunker. They had no plan, and he just started doing crazy shit, and it worked out completely because he just had brass fucking balls. And before that, he was the leader of the, uh, the Admiral of the Navy. And when asked, don't you love naval tradition? He said, naval tradition is just rum, sodomy, and the lash, and then walked away. That's why I love him so much. Is they're like, aren't you in charge of all of that? And he's like, yeah, who doesn't love drinking and fucking someone in the asshole? It's awesome. <laughs> don't do it after a long day at sea. Things get salty. Anyway. I said it. I said it. Stand by. I knew that would send you walking. Good. It's not a free show, by the way, miss. That's very rude of you. No, you didn't. What, what is your name, miss? What's your name, miss? Your name is Doesn't Matter? My, your parents must have hated you. Where are you going? They don't need any more? You're going you're gonna to go, you're gonna go drink some champagne? It looks like you're gonna chug a giant cock. That's what it looked like. <laughs> so glad that posh bitch is gone. Now, I knew she wasn't gonna stick around. This happened a couple of times where people come in and they're like, ooh, what's this? Everyone looks like they're having a good time. And they come in and they're going, salty assholes. Really? At this hour. And it's like, that's right. Welcome to Edinburgh. You're waiting for the interpretive dance. It's coming up. It's coming up. All right, let's start the show, shall we? We've got all the traditions out. We've talked about history. 
We've weirded out the upper classes. That's very important. Doing my bit for Scotland, making sure that the gentry knows what for. You know what I mean? You see the, I, li I like how you just, did you just take off your yes badge? Okay, good, because I was like, did you take it off when the English woman came in? Like, well, fuck, if we lose this, I don't want to lose a job. So you're pro-Scottish independence? You're the only person I've met so far who's actually given a definitive answer. There's two people, actually. A little girl yesterday said, I'm not for independence, and her father went, well, we're not decided yet. And then you're like, yes. Everyone else is like, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean? What makes you want to be independent from England? Interesting. Follow-up question. Do you really think Alex Salmond is the man to do it? He looks like the drawing of a pedophile. <laughs> and here's my favorite part about that question. Every Scottish person kind of goes, I know. <laughs> Just, we had to get someone, and last time we had Mel Gibson in charge, and that movie really turned out weird. Um, so you want to govern your own country? Here's my question. Are you guys all concerned that you won't be let into the European Union, which would leave you open for invasion from the United States because of the Monroe Doctrine? That does. Did you guys read that article? It was my f most favorite thing ever. And it was in, I think it was in like the Herald or something like that. And it was, they contacted the American government. Because America has this thing dating back from Theodore Roosevelt, who was sort of like America's Winston Churchill, only less fat and more let's kill the people that aren't white kind of guy. He had his own personal <laughs> army called the Rough Riders. He wore that Indiana Jones hat, always had glasses. He wasn't Teddy, it was the other one. Whatever the fuck's his name. It wasn't Te Teddy was the one in the wheelchair with the cigar. Franklin, thank you. Franklin Roosevelt, you know, he created this thing called the Monroe Doctrine. The Monroe Doctrine is no more countries. If another country forms in the world, America invades. And because it's America, it's very difficult to repeal laws. So they have that law in the books. And someone in the newspapers is like, let's write about this. And they contacted America going, what are you going to do with the Monroe Doctrine? And I think someone mentioned Scotland has oil. And they're like, we will examine that when independence happens. And it's just like, oh fuck, because that would be such a weird war. Just the most positive people meet the most headbutt angry people ever. Like they would have guns, you guys would just have scowls on boats. You call that a gun, pal? I call it shit. It's very exciting. I'm a little nervous purely from a selfish motivation because as a Canadian, a lot of my money's been turned into pounds, and so if the uh, if Scotland leaves, the pound's going to drop for a bit. So I am actually kind of playing an economic game where I may take earn a bunch of money into Canadian right beforehand just to see what's going to happen. But I don't know what's going to happen, and I get very scared because fuck, does everyone get antsy about it? And the English have kind of only realized now it's a thing. So I was talking to a couple of English people who three days ago were like, ah, it's not going to happen, and now they're like, oh, this might be trouble. <laughs> where are we going to get square sausage? Where are we going to go to a city that has a staircase instead of, you know, a straight road? <laughs> to comment on Edinburgh. Let's start the show, shall we, Kieran? Are you excited? Sure. Your enthusiasm is overwhelming, my friend. <laughs> really living up into that Irish stereotype of just being up for anything. Um, do you love YouTube? Sorry? Do you love YouTube? Yeah. What? YouTube. Fuck you, Kieran. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Do you know who you two is? No! You too. Yeah, yeah, but I like the bass player. You know, Larry, the guy? He's great. This is how he plays bass. He doesn't actually know how to play bass because they were a punk band, and then they got Brian Eno, who's like, let's actually make music. And Bono's like, I can sing like a goose that's dying. And the edge is just like, 
you know, that one album where they do that every fucking time? And so the bass player is one of the worst musicians ever where they actually have a machine that plays the other notes because he only can do it in 4-4. Four, four. And some of their songs are faster than that because 4-4 four, four is do, 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 do. And for him to go do, 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 it's like, not going to fucking happen. So they just have a guy behind him that's going like do, 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 do. Fuck the, I fucking hate you too. I fucking hate them so much. They are the most like already depressive band ever. They could fall onto a pile of banana peels into a whoopee cushion factory and still be like, it's a sacrament. And it's just fucking annoying. And the fact they were bringing out, the, on the last tour they were bringing out like homeless people and going, applaud for them. And you're like, Bono, you're at a stadium. Give the homeless man some money, you sunglass wearing fuck. Like, and he also claimed to have cured AIDS. I don't know if you guys read that, but in his autobiography, The First Draft, he claimed that his charity work will cure AIDS in 10 years, and it's been seven years since he wrote that, and he had to retract it because the UN went like, ah, that's a lie, and no. And he was like, oh, good point. Well, I was just trying to make a sacrament. <laughs> um, all right, this comes from John Flockton. John Flockton writes for uh, such fantastic uh, comedy groups as Wit Tank. Go see their show. It's called uh, Old School Secrets. It's somewhere I keep running into Nas Asmanolo, who's in uh, Wit Tank and he's always looking very enthused and excited. Uh, John Flockton is one of those amazing, cool comedy people that he actually loves comedy. I don't know how much time you've spent around comedians, but some of them are doer fucks. Like, they're just like, they're worse than you two. Like, they're just like, oh, I just want to say that uh, I was doing my jokes, and they didn't really get the whole prescience of my elevator bit, because here you guys call them lifts, but they're not lifting. Do you see? It's satire. You're, like, you're talking about your dick next to a castle. How about you fucking cool down? Like, I don't know if they really understood my new bit. It's about taxi cabs. I was in a white taxi cab. It's about racism. You need to stop talking right now, man. I just bought a beret. It doesn't fit my head, much like satire doesn't fit into the present co complex of society. You're ruining laughter for everyone. I just saw a clown, but it wasn't crying. How do I justify that? Are you the Morrissey of comedy? <laughs> yes, I am. I just want to say a couple of things that if you eat meat, you're equivalent to Hitler. That's not true because animals are not as good as people. I love puppies and kitties too, and I love cows as well because they fart so much that they actually contribute to the ozone layer depleting, which I think is my favorite scientific fact ever and makes them so fucking amazing. But if the cows ever unionize and organize and go, we'll be farting at the same time. We'll be like, whatever you want, whatever you want. We'll never eat you again. We will stop putting you in wellies sometimes for postcard photos. Like. All that sort of stuff. Um, by the way, if you want to see, uh, see my new show, which is uh, Bono the Comedian, it's every day at the Gilded Balloon at 1.15 a.m. It's me in sunglasses and just homeless people, and we're singing Shanana uh, in unison. All right. All right. Oh, my God. John Flockton is delivered. Oh, oh, so many topics. Kieran, you're going to read the first topic out for everyone. That one right there. That's so good. What would the Jetsons' future look like now? Everyone's familiar with the Jetsons, right? No. Don't live into Irish stereotypes. How dare you not laugh at that? It's very funny. They're known as thieves in North America, but that's mostly because the beast of people from Boston steal a lot of shit. Now, are you familiar with the Jetsons, Kira? Amy? Everyone know what the Jetsons are? You don't know what the Jetsons are? Well, let me explain to you. So in America, they have these things called cartoons, right? And uh, they're like drawings that move. And so there was this company called Hanna-Barbera, which is the, it's, they made the, the Johnny Quest, this is every Hanna-Barbera cartoon. It's a family, and something's a thing, and they have a dog. That's every episode. The Flintstones, family, friends, their dog is a dinosaur. In uh, the Jetsons, 
It's George Jetson. He works at a crank factory. They have food pills. Everything's floating. All that sort of stuff. My main thing that I've taken away from the Jetsons is they had flying cars. And we've yet to get flying cars. And I think flying cars will improve society forever. We will have 10 years of a lot of death. There will be a lot of death when the flying car gets introduced. Because as a Canadian, we drink and drive normal cars. I know I have fuck friends named Trevor that will be like, I'm going to get fucked up on Ryan. Fly that thing. And you're like, all right, do it over there. Where from the people. Trevor's dead. Well, that's one less neck tattoo. We're making progress, ladies and gentlemen. And that's what's going to happen. But it's just, there's something about it that'd be freedom. No longer would we have to get on airplanes and bomb-proof shelters and be freaked out just because we want to go to Belfast to see a mural that will scare you. We can get into our own hover car and make the motion. Uh, George Jetson, every episode revolved around him pissing off his boss. I don't remember his boss's name. Mr. Sprocket? It was Mr. Sprocket. And the movie that they made of the Jetson movie in 1988 was really, really depressing. It was about how the Sprockets were actually killing this underground group of people and George Jetson had to stay, make a stand and unionize. And it was about how unions are important. But it was also a kid's movie and really a big bummer. But the ending uh, theme music was really good and I used to dance to it when I was four years old. My mom has the videotape and has threatened to upload it on YouTube many times because she thinks I'm famous, which I'm not. I'm, I'm doing okay. Anyway. What do you think the future is going to be like in 100 years, Karen? Very good. No one will be speaking English. It'll be Chinese. No. That's very good. Very good indeed. What's your favorite cartoon? Roadrunner and Wild Coyote. Roadrunner and Wild Coyote? Didn't you feel that the Roadrunner is kind of a bitch to fucking Wiley Coyote? Like, he never got it over. And also, the amount of times he ordered something from Acne, and yet it never worked. Like, listen, my iPhone breaks down one time. I'm, like, going right to the Android store. Yes, this thing did... It, I went to spell that, and it spelled this, and I say, how dare you? How much to upgrade? And then when they say the price, I go, no, thank you. But still, it knows. And the Wiley Coyote, every time he has a bazooka, it fires back on him. He's like, well, I'll just order something more dangerous from this company. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Also, where's Wiley Coyote getting his cash from? Because his job was to stop the Roadrunner from running through the canyon. I know what you're thinking. John, was your teenage years a tsunami of pussy? Yes, it was. All of my facts about cartoons just made the ladies drop their trousers and then go, oh, wait, I thought you were someone else. Stop talking about Bugs Bunny. And then I went, that's all, Doc. Anyway. <laughs> Um, all right, let's do this. World leaders spend a day off together. Anything is allowed. All right, what four world leaders would you like to see go on vacation together? We're going to go with you, man who looks like a member of One Direction in five years. <laughs> can you name? Can you name? Four world leaders. Can you name four world leaders? That old man, not old man, that reasonably well-aged gentleman. Is about to punch you in the back of the face. I can see it on his face. He's just like, David Cameron, Barack Obama, Alex Salmon, Stephen Harper, Canadian, still counts. No. King Jong-un and. What, what was that one? Kim Jong-un. Kim Jong-un. Ooh, I'm liking where this is going. So Kim, Kim Jong-un and Barack Obama. Who's the one who is. Is it Reykjavik's prime minister? Yeah, yeah, Oh, uh, Reykjavik is a city. Yeah, the mayor. Uh, John Njar. Do you guys know who that is? So he's a, he's, a street, he's a street performer, and when Iceland's economy just turned to dust, they literally elected a street performer mayor of Reykjavik. <laughs> and he's the greatest guy. He's enacted all these rules. His party is called the Fun Party, 
And they, he's just uh, resigned being mayor, but I tried to meet him. I went and did a tour of Iceland, which was one of the funnest tours ever. Do, do yourself a favor, go to Iceland. It's like an island of hope. See, she wanted to go. You wanted to go, didn't you? And then they brought you here to be sweaty in this room while a man yelled at you. It's amazing, because all the other countries that when their economy's fucked up, they fucked off to other countries. Iceland made a deal with themselves. They were like, we're all staying here. We're going to figure this out. Also, bread is now 15,000 kronar. It's madness. I did a gig. I, I made 250,000 kronar. It was a stack this big. And when I changed it, you can't get their currency anywhere else but Iceland. So there's all these signs and there's cash places. So you have to cash it on the island. So I was cashing it. And it was so sad because they were like 250,000 kronar was 400 British pounds. And they had, like the stack was like this. And then it was just 400 pound notes. And you're just like, ah, I should move here. And then I could be king. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, Jong-Nar, Kim Jong-il, Barack Obama. And, and Putin. Oh, what a weekend that would be. And what's the activity they're going to be doing? I'm going to say canoeing. Did someone say canoeing? Is that just because you love seeing Putin with his shirt off? What is that? But That's a really unnerving trait for a giant homophobe who has nuclear missiles that every time... That, like, it's always, every article is like, Vladimir Putin has just outlawed kitties and replaced the word fun with the word Mugh. And then it's just like him in a suit and then down one, shirtless in a lake, just fishing. Like, it's just so fucking creepy. And it's just the one thing I will have to say, and I'm very upset about how Russia's dealing with the world. I think we need to take harder lines with them. And also, I live with a Dutch person, and he is ready to go to war with them right now. Because I don't know if you've ever dealt with the Dutch, but they are a quiet calm of rage and stories about doing mushrooms. Like, they, they do not fuck around. Because as much as they're this very liberal place in terms of you can buy weed, prostitution is legal, they actually just feel like because someone's going to do it, let's make money off it, we're actually incredibly right-wing. And so that plane that went down in Ukraine, it was 100 people were Dutch, and the Netherlands are literally crying war. They're just like, let's do it! We got, we got tulips and wooden shoes! We don't know what that's gonna do, but we're gonna fucking go! And everyone's like, no, no, that's the Russian army. They, they kill people for real. They're like, well, we'll, do, we'll throw mushrooms at them, and then they'll just be kissing each other. <laughs> so, okay, so what are they gonna be doing on this activity, this holiday weekend? Wakeboarding. They're gonna be do they're doing wakeboarding on mushrooms. Oh, just to see Kim Jong-il having to talk to a black person would be amazing. <laughs> just constantly being like, you, lesser man. And he's like, uh, I'm actually Barack Obama. And he's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Vladimir Putin, shirt off, probably tweedling his nipples, which is an image that I cannot stop loving, actually. It's just him just being like, <laughs> probably whispering, and he like starts singing the uh, El Capital, which is the theme of the... Uh, so they're going wakeboarding on mushrooms. And where, which country are they doing this in? India? Burma. In Burma. <laughs> Thank you, man who knows how to tell a joke. India. What? It'd be just sad, because I don't know if you've seen water in India, but there's some stuff left over from when you guys used to own it, like heads and sadness. I do want to, anyone been to India? I really want to go. Just, I don't know why. I have no need to go to the rest of Asia because I'm just very concerned about the toilets. Because I don't know if you've heard this about Asian toilets, but they're either like state of the art or they clean everything. Like you could have a salty navel butt and they will clean it as clean as that woman who walked out. Tush must have been. All right. Let's do one last thing and then you guys are dismissed. Which one would you like to discuss?
Kieran's girlfriend will decide. Oh. And while Kieran's girlfriend is deciding, just a quick thing before we sum up. I know what you're thinking, John, how do you afford to be at the Fringe? Well, with little donations from you guys. So remember, at the end of the show, I'll be at the back with a hat, with flyers. Take a flyer from my other show, and please donate some money. Any money that you think is fair, and by fair, I mean five pounds or less. Not less. It's five fucking pounds. Even if you didn't like the show, at least give me money, but do it with a scowl on your face so I know to do better next time. And I know some of you won't donate money, and that's my favorite part of the show, because this is what you guys do, is you look at me and go... Okay, and then you walk away, and I like to fuck with you, so I'll bring the money closer to you, and then people dodge out of the way. Yesterday, a woman like fell into a group of people and went, I don't think so, I don't think so. It was awesome. Amy, the floor is yours. Well, one of two, either first emotion to teach a robot, or what to make a musical about. I would make a musical about teaching a robot the first emotion. The first emotion I would teach a robot would be Lust? I love where your head's at, sir. I know two things about the world. One, I need a flying car. I haven't been able to fuck enough robots yet. That is such a male preoccupation. Any technology, by the way, it gets to white men and we're like, what, what, what can we do sexually with that? Like cars, we're like, we can probably masturbate in these. We can definitely masturbate in these. Gentlemen, I know you all went silent. You've masturbated in a car. You just realized that was a thing and you thought you were the only one who ever did it. <laughs> Kieran, have you ever <laughs> in a car on your lonesome? No. Not yet. <laughs> Photocopier, what do you think? I can put my ass on that. Take photos, show my friends. Self, the smartphone. This is a connection to the universe. You can get every piece of information ever written, every book that's ever been created, every piece of music ever. And what have you and you and definitely you done? You've taken photos of your dick and sent them to people. Don't lie to me. You definitely have. How many cockpits have you received in your life, miss? None? Uh, your face is like, well, I wouldn't really call them cocks. Amy, has Kieran ever shown you? So yes, that's a definite yes. What are you doing with your life? Get out there. Stop trying to find things to make it look bigger in perspective. And live your lives. You will be more attractive to the opposite sex when you're not going, I got something to text to you. But you're saying, I was just reading a book of poetry and one of them talked about a woman having the hair of an angel and it reminded me of you. That's much cooler and nicer than, look at my deck, look at my deck. Have you seen it? This is my deck. It's, it's in a miniature city to show you how big it is. It's almost as big as that church steeple. They call me the ring the bell kid. Like it's just, it's just ridiculous. Gentlemen, how old are you, sir? You are 50, you're 53? Good on you, you look tremendous. I would have said 42. Anytime. Have you ever looked at a camera and being 53, probably go back to the day with the thing holding up and the guy had to put the black cloth over his head. <laughs> Have you ever looked at one and thought, I need to take a photo of my noble penis and send it to my wife of many years? <laughs> I know those are your daughters and I've selected you for a reason. <laughs> Sir, you are a very good father because you took a moment to fuck with your kids to go, yeah, no, no. Ladies, the floor is now yours. How many photos of your dad's penis have you received? 
Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Anything Can Be a Podcast podcast. I'll see you in the back. Thank you so much for your time. And remember, 